You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now in today's episode, we're going to talk about Saturday's basketball loss. I know many of you are going to want to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to give out some New Year's resolutions to different players in Boston College football. And we're also going to look at this weekend's bowl games, uh, specifically the college football games, uh, college football playoffs. Uh, that involved Notre Dame and Clemson. To kick off our conversation today, let's look at the basketball game on Saturday. If you missed it, Boston College basketball lost again, their sixth straight loss, this time to 76-64. Now, I know most of you probably didn't watch the game. I, I I get the sense when I talk about college basketball that most people don't want to talk about it because it's just so depressing. But this was a game where Boston College, they jumped out to an early lead. They looked good. But then, of course, just like it seems every game, they had their moments where they just completely fell apart and uh, they lost it. So they had in this game two six-minute-plus scoring droughts. Almost three-quarters of a half combined where they just went ice cold. You're not going to win games when you shoot like that. They shot, I believe, 33% from the field. They shot 25% from three-point range. And that's just not going to cut it. The defense played better in this game. They weren't great again, and they let up a lot of points in the paint. But when you're shooting that cold from the field, you're just not going to win. And you're also not going to win when Winston Tabs has two points in the first half and takes two shots. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> he's your best offensive player, and he's taking two shots in the first half, and both of them are are contested three-point shots. Now, Boston College is now, they've lost six in a row. They have Duke Duke on Wednesday and Virginia on Saturday, so two ranked opponents coming up for Boston College. It's it's looking dire. I mean, it, it's looked dire for a while now. It's it's really looking grim now. So they're two and seven on the season with wins against Maine and URI. The URI win not too bad. You know, they're not the URI team that we've seen in the last couple of years, but they're still a good win. And Maine is Maine, so they've basically really won one game. The problems with this team just continually cycle through every game. You see the problems with the paint. They cannot stop offenses on the other team from scoring inside. They are struggling with offense. You know, they're a mess for three quarters of, a, of you know, for 13 minutes of a game where they don't score any points. That's not going to win you any games. And they're just inconsistent all over the place. And one of the, one of, uh, and I figure, and I apologize if you're one of my listeners, I apologize if you brought this up, um, brought up a question to me on Twitter. And I thought it was a perfect way of looking at what the issue is with this basketball team right now. What is their identity? What is this basketball team's identity? If you look at so many of these teams, you can tell like, okay, UVA, they're an excellent defensive team. This is a team that could, you know, they're going to suffocate you. Same thing with Syracuse. They're a good defensive team. Then you have your offensive teams, teams that can shoot you out of the uh, out of the building, teams like Florida that we played earlier this year, or teams that are just sound, like Villanova. 
what does Boston College do well? They don't do anything well. They don't play defense well. They don't score well. They don't rebound well. They don't shoot free throws well. They don't shoot three-pointers well. They don't pass the ball all that well. What is There is no identity to this team right now. And it's really hard for a team to win games when they don't know what to do. And I know a lot of people have mentioned it to me. When you watch them out on the court, sometimes the players look like they don't know what to do. Um, and they don't know, they don't look as confident, you know, you know, they just kind of, there's, they don't seem as locked into the offense as they should be on a well-coached team. And, and I think that's a major issue with this program right now. Um, and, and, you know, Duke and UVA, they're not as, you know, the, the ACC is not a top heavy school, uh, conference this year. There is no dominant team that's going to take over the ACC. There are a lot of good teams, and there's some average teams. So Boston College, this was a perfect year for BC to jump up and make and swing and and try to get you know get themselves noticed, and they're not going to. This is not a good team right now. They're not well coached. They're they're not well. They're not playing well. And I my only hope is that when they go and decide what they're going to do with this program moving forward, you know, in terms of a coaching change, that they don't use COVID nineteen as an excuse again because. I got it the first year. You know, I, I know many of you probably disagree with me, but you no one knew where college athletics would end up in the fall. You saw this pandemic coming, and it was going to wipe out so much of the in, the income of these athletic programs. It would look the optics would look horrible if they hired, fired a coach, paid four million to five million dollars in a buyout, only to have, and then also had to lay off sixty staffers. You know what I mean? I get that, but this year, you know what you have. You brought him back, so you have to own that. And Boston College has to own that. Now you have to make the right decision. Now, earlier today, I, you know, I don't follow like all the college basketball teams, but I noticed uh, Jeff Goodman tweeted out that um, the head coach at Northern Illinois just got fired, and he had a, he has a one in seven record, so he's a little bit worse than Jim Christian. Um, but coaches get moved in the middle of years. I people have asked me this, and and now now that we're talking about it, I mean the Louisville game, it was what it was. BC fell behind; they couldn't score. That was it. But so let's just talk about one of the things that you guys always bring up. Would Boston College move on from Christian in the middle of the year? And my answer, unfortunately, is no. I I just don't see the school doing it. I don't see them making a move on Christian. In the middle of the year, no matter how bad this team plays, even if BC is going two and fourteen or whatever, heading into February, Christian's going to ride it out this year, and it's going to be painful to watch at times. And this team's probably going to get smoked a few more times. I know some of these games have been closer lately, which makes it a little bit more fun, but some of it's really still brutal to watch. But I think moving forward, you don't. It, it's going to have to happen at the end of the season. It's going to have to happen after the ACC championship. The school has its rhythm of how they get rid of coaches. And it's going to be, you know, they're going to have to meet with, um, you know, have it approved and have everything all set up. I just, I, if I was a betting man, um, I would not um, bet, I would not bet on Jim Christian leaving before the end of the season. So that's just my thoughts. And he's a good guy. And I, I, I hate saying that about him because I hate wishing, uh, you know, talking about someone losing their job always stinks. He's going to get, he'll get hired again, and he should because he's not a bad coach. I just don't think he's right. He's the right coach here. Um, so 
before we go uh, into our second topic, I wanted to talk to you about Thursday on um, our Facebook page. So if you have not followed our Facebook page, please get on that. We have it's facebook.com backslash Boston College SI. Again, facebook.com backslash Boston College SI. I'm doing streams twice a week and I'm going to change up my system. I used to do it after every like football and, and basketball game, but the basketball game um, fee, uh, streams where I just talk about the game and what happened been kind of depressing because all people just want to talk about is Jim Christian getting fired. So it kind of just doesn't, it, it, it does what it does, but I'd rather talk about some other things. So I'm going to do one basketball game a week and I'm going to do that on the weekends. And then I'm going to do a weekday one and, and that's going to be my thirsty Thursday stream. That's going to be on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern time on our Facebook page. I might be able to get a YouTube page going, but go to Facebook for now. Um, I'll, I'll try that before the uh, Thursday, and I'll let you guys know. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. It'll tell you when we go live, um, and you won't miss anything. And what we're going to do, we're just going to talk BC stuff. I'll talk about recruiting. I'll talk about any questions you have. It'll just be kind of a community-building thing. It'll be kind of like this, but live. Um, and it'll just be just you know a conversation. So Thirsty Thursday on Facebook. Uh just go to facebook.com backslash Boston College SI. Now I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. With football heading to the playoffs, there is one place to go uh, in, to get your bets in, and that is betonline.ag. They have spreads on everything, and I have a special uh, wager that I'm trying to get in about Boston College basketball. I'll let you know if I can get it in. Uh, but they have... Everything you can think of. So there's all these NFL games. You can get over-unders. You can get straight uh, money line bets. You can bet against the spread. And you can do that with betonline.ag. They have a special deal, and you're not going to want to beat this. If you're thinking about it, head on over, and when you make your first deposit, they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus if you use the code Locked On. All you got to do is head over to betonline.ag. Now this weekend, I made a little wager on Boston College basketball, and I've been, I've been, I'm, I'm going the negative route, and I bet against BC every game. So I'm, I'm one for two. I, I missed on the NC State game when they were really close, but I, I hit on and Louisville. It was only a five point spread, and that was, that seemed like easy money to me. And hey. I won on it. So why don't you head on over? Again, they have a 50% welcome bonus. All you have to do is enter code locked on to get that. Head on over to betonline.ag. This is Locked On Boston College. Now, if you're going to use betonline.ag, I want to also recommend our newest podcast on the Locked On Network, Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want to get those wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm telling you, their their locks have been dead money. I mean, right on for the last week. So check them out because if you want to make some easy cash, they're the place to go. Now, this is Lockdown Boston College. Next on our, our show, we're going to talk a little bit about the ACC bowl game situation this weekend. Now, if you hadn't caught, if you were living in a bubble or just were busy on New Year's on New Year's and just didn't watch the games, Notre Dame and Clemson both got thoroughly demolished in their 
college football playoff games. The first game, now Notre Dame only won by 17, which killed my bet online.ag bet, but whatever. Um, but it, it was a game they they just, they, you know, they controlled that, that matchup from the beginning to the end. And that Alabama looks like a team that is on a whole other level. That offense that the, the Crimson Tide have is one of the best that you're going to see in recent years. And it's not just that it's top heavy. You know, you have a good quarterback in Mac Jones. You have Devonta Smith, probably one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen. Najee Harris, who is, is he underrated? I don't even know. He's one of the most, I mean, you see, you saw, you must've seen that leap he made when he made, uh, when he had that big run. So they have an offense that can, and they're doing it without uh Waddle, one of their best wide receivers. Uh, so, Notre Dame got, you know, pretty much put to pasture by Alabama in their game uh, on their way out of the ACC. But the night game was even worse. Wow. Now, it was Clemson and Ohio State. I thought going into this game, and I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I'm wrong a lot, and that's okay. I have opinions. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. I thought after watching Clemson and Notre Dame, and Ohio State and Northwestern in their conference championship games, I thought Clemson looked like a much, much more complete team than Ohio State. You know, Ohio State struggled with Northwestern, and I still don't buy Northwestern, and I know they beat Auburn. I, I, they're, they're, but they just do things, they muck it up, and, you know, they're a team that I have to learn to respect more. I have to. You know, that they're a team that I didn't, and... They, they are better than they look. But Clemson and Ohio State, I looked at this matchup and I said, Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. He has more weapons around him. He's going to win this game. And I was wrong. And Ohio State beat the, you know what, out of Clemson that game. You know, Fields threw for six touchdowns. And not only did Fields look, you know, beat up Clemson, he looked every bit the part of an NFL quarterback. After he took that hit from James Skalski, the linebacker who buried him on that targeting call, um, I thought that Fields was going to be done. That looked like you know a, multiple rib fractures and possible internal injuries. That looked painful. And to see Fields go out there and still throw the ball like he did was amazing. It was one of those like moments where you watch a game and you just are just in awe at how good a guy is. And he, you know, he sold me. Fields played out of his mind against Clemson. Lawrence, too. You know, one thing I'm going to say, the big difference between Clemson and Ohio State was the play in the trenches. Ohio State kicked Clemson's butt on, bo- in, in bo- on both lines. Their defensive line was much better than Clemson's offensive line. And, Clem- and Ohio State's offensive line was much better than Clemson's defensive line. So... I thought Ohio State had them there. I thought Trevor Lawrence did fine uh, when he wasn't running for his life because Ohio State was just bearing down on him. I thought he did fine. He, nothing he did, um, you know, scared me off as as a number one pick. He should still be the number one pick, but I think Justin Fields should be the number two pick. If the Jets are getting the second pick, he definitely should be up there because that kid's got character. That kid can make plays. That that throw he made, some of those throws he was making with those ribs or whatever was going on internally was amazing. So that was a game in itself. You know, Ohio State just pummeled him. And Dabo got kind of what he, Dabo Sweeney got kind of what he deserved. He put Ohio State 11th 
on his pole. And I was like, why are you doing that? You're just feeding into the fire of, of giving them bulletin board material and all that good stuff. So, but I think in the end of the day, this is that those two games really kind of put a little bit of a, an asterisk next to the ACC heading into next year. Now, this is a year that really is odd, obviously with COVID-19 and all these players missing and, and opting out and all that stuff. It's just a weird year. So I don't want to say that the ACC is down, but I saw a statistic today that made me think about that. Eight, the ACC is, I believe, 4-13 and 13 in bowls in the last two years. Obviously, they lost every bowl game they were in this year, but they also only won four of, I think, four of, uh, three or four last year. That's not good. This, this is a conference, as people who on Twitter constantly are talking about, that's very top-heavy and needs to really figure things out. But I think this is a, a conference that is on the rise, that is going to figure things out. I don't look at any of the bowl games other than those two games that Alabama, I mean, Alabama and Ohio State won, as very indicative of anything. UNC against Texas A&M, UNC was missing like half of their, their weapons. You know, you got Wake Forest losing, they're missing some of theirs. You know, everyone's missing stuff. This year is just a fluke. So those mid-level bowl games, you know, when you have a team that isn't as stacked as Clemson, isn't as stacked as Notre Dame, they it's harder for them to bat, to to you know bounce back when they lose players like that. So I don't look at some of those shorter, smaller bowls, but the top those two losses, I look at that and go, ooh, the ACC's got to show up next year. So who does? Who is on the? Who is in the ACC? Now that Notre Dame's leaving again and heading back to football independence, who can who can jump up and join Clemson again? If if the ACC was to ever get two teams in, you know the first team you look at is UNC. I just talked about them. Um, if Sam Howell comes back, and I'm not sure he will, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's a, he does a lot, and Mac Brown obviously he's putting something together special there. And I think they're going to be a force in the the Coastal Conference. I don't see any other team in the Coastal holding a flame to them for a while. Maybe Miami. Um, but Miami's another one. Derek King, you know, he tore his ACL in his bowl game. He's going to be back. Can he do it? What about Boston College? Could they do it? You know, what if they can figure out a way to get that defense going? What if they can get the offense clicking and scoring those points in the red zone that they weren't doing and put together a full season? Could they jump up in a year or two? And, bow, and challenge for a, a college football playoff post uh, bow, uh, matchup. I'm not going to root them out. Uh, you know, they don't recruit like Clemson does, obviously. But as we've seen, maybe this could be maybe the, the maybe they'll be the Northwestern of next year, or they're at the Indiana where they come up and they're a top 25 team and they're just on the edge. And then what happens after that? They get Jakovic for a couple more years. Really good teams, the biggest thing that they have, if you look at all four teams, are good quarterback play, right? Boston College has that. They have a quarterback that with a little growth could be one of the best in the country. I'm not saying it can't happen, but we'll see. Maybe that's just the optimist in me. In a moment, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and what New Year's resolutions players on that football team should have. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Bilt Bar. If you've not heard me talk about Bilt Bar, it is the best tasting protein bar I've ever tried. It's 100% covered in chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew. 
It's got 18 amazing flavors, so you can try them all and figure out which one works best for you. For me, I'm a big fan of double chocolate and cookies and cream. I, I get a sweet tooth, so I want things that taste like a candy bar, but then that's exactly what Built Bar is, except it's healthy and good for you. It's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and it has some of the best flavor profiles. So let me go, let me go over the coconut almond for a second. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. How are you going to ever beat that? You're not. And with Built Bar, they have a special promo that they want you to know about. All you need to do is go over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And if you do now, they're going to give you a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. Later this week, we are going to do another viewer mailbag. So if you have questions that you want in our mailbag, email me at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com or you can DM me at ajblack underscore bc. Make sure you do that. I'd love to hear your questions. You always have some great ones. Uh, before we head out, I ha our final discussion is going to be on New Year's. Now, on our site, it's been a quiet, it's been a pretty quiet news week. Obviously, there's the basketball game. Hockey, they've been off in Junior Worlds um, games, and they're going to kick back up soon, so check out our site for that. Women's basketball, they just lost last yesterday to NC State for the second time, one of the top teams in the nation, 76-57. It's been an off year for women's basketball, but that's where they're at. Um, recruiting and the transfer portal has also been really quiet, so... Uh, definitely check out my site, BC Bulletin. I'm the editor and publisher there. But one of the things I brought up was I went through the football program and, and came up with some New Year's resolutions for the program as a whole. So, you know, I looked at, like, you know, cutting down on mistakes or, you know, making sure that they get the run game going or stopping mobile quarterbacks. Those were some of the big program-wide New Year's resolutions. Now, I want to give some player resolutions, some things I'd love to see the players do. Uh, in this upcoming year. And and these are not major digs at them or things they're doing wrong. It's just my my little my little thoughts and observations about where they should be. So first of all, Phil Dracovic, the quarterback. Please, over the next year, when you see a run a guy coming at you or more than one guy, let's say more than one guy, get down. Please stop taking unnecessary hits. Um, I, I don't want to see you getting hurt. And Boston College lives and dies by their passing game now. And Phil Dracovic can take them really far if he's healthy. But getting hit over and over and over again is going to start wearing you down. So hopefully he learns to take more slides and, 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 and saves his body a little bit as the season goes on. Now at wide receiver, Zay Flowers. My re New Year's resolution for Zay is cut down on the foot, the, the um, jumping around in one spot. When he does a lot of those, you know, end arounds or even when he's catching the ball and trying to get a couple extra yards, he tries to, you know, juke a, uh, the defenders out of their feet and ends up many times just getting tackled. I feel like watching Flowers, if he just made a quick cut and used his speed, he'd get a lot more yardage. So that's my little resolution on Zay. But in the end, you know, how many times has he done it and it's actually worked? So who, do, who knows? I'm just a podcast host. Uh, the offensive line. Uh, let's look at the offensive line. My resolution for the offensive line is find that edge that they had in 2019. Now, they're not going to do the same things. They're obviously pass blocking more than they run blocking, which is a whole different skill set 
but they need to find that edge that they had that made them so dangerous in 2019. I'd love to see them get that edge back. And we saw pieces of it this year with uh, some of the some of the games, like when they played Syracuse and they ran against Georgia Tech. But find that edge again. Really get make that group one of the scariest groups of offensive linemen in the country. So that would be for my for the offensive linemen. For Kobe White, who will be returning to the team after missing all of last year with a knee injury, become part of that offense because just one more weapon for the Eagles. To get him in there and figuring out a role for him, that would be amazing. For Jalen Gill, just to continue to grow in the offense. Obviously, he came in a little late, um, and he just became better and better as the year goes along. For him to continue to grow, that would be a great step in the right direction. On defense... For the entire defensive line, getting that extra little burst, because if you watch some of the blitzes that Boston College did or the or the pass rush that they got, it seemed like that defensive line was just an inch away from getting to the quarterback on so many different occasions. If they could just get a little extra burst, they would be so much more effective. And that, that goes to all the defensive linemen. I feel like that they could get there. For whoever joins the linebacking crew, whoever's going to fill in for Max Richardson and Isaiah McDuffie, do what they did, but add your own flair to it. Add your speed. Add your ability to get those mobile quarterbacks because that was a big issue for BC. So if it's Jaden Lars Woodby, Isaiah Graham Mobley, if it's someone already on the roster, you know, you're going to have to do what Max Richardson and, and Isaiah McDuffie did, but you're going to have to add your own piece to that. For the secondary, continue just doing what you're doing and, and growing and becoming one of the best secondaries in the country. Because remember... This secondary played exceptionally well. They did not really let up many big plays. And I love what they're doing, so I don't want to see the secondary change at all. I want to see them just continue to add and, and to, to improve, whether it's Josh DeBerry, whether it's Brandon Sebastian, or some of those safeties. But maybe the one thing to look at is to continue for them um, to improve on their tackling in the running game. Um, because they're going to have to sometimes make those tackles, and that was a big issue for them. But in terms of pass coverage, I thought they were great. Um, and, and then special teams, if Boom comes back, if Aaron Boomeri comes back, adding a little bit more range would be nice. Maybe adding another five yards to his max kicking ability would be good. And then for punting, Graham Carlson, just to continue what you're doing, but adding a little bit more accuracy and more consistency in getting those kicks down the field. So those are some of my New Year's resolutions. Did I miss any? I, you know, for the coaches, again, they're up on BC Bulletin, the ones I had for the bigger the bigger um, picture ones. But these were just for individual players. Did you agree? Disagree? Let me know about it. Hit me up on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can make sure you follow this podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBC as well. And if you follow along on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review... I want to thank you as well. There's been a lot of great reviews. And I want to make sure I thank you individually. To Rocky Mountain Eagle, Knit V, BCMBA 2007, Working Rich, Left-Handed Warrior, Tim Leonard, thank you for writing reviews. And if you want to give me a shout, if you want a shout out, if you leave a review, I will I will add it on to our weekly podcast uh, where I, I talk about those. So thank you all for doing that. And again, on Thursday, we're going to do a live stream called Thirsty Thursday on Facebook. Make sure you check us out on Facebook at Boston College SI. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you again tomorrow.